Hi, you are listening to High Value Women, brought to you by the New Feminist Magazine. We are your hosts, Ellie Massiara Fielding. And it's everyone's favourite anti Gwyneth Paltrow, Adam Sarasvati Rawlings. <laughs> Today we are joined by Lauren Mishkin and Nicole Goodman, who host the Self Care Club podcast. So Lauren and Nicole, they're on a mission to debunk all the utterly overwhelming stuff that we see in the self-care world. And let's face it, there's a lot out there. So they are doing everyone a great service. And then they give you the straight up facts on their podcast. So they're going to let you know what works, what doesn't work, and what's best left for Gwyneth Paltrow and her army of almond mums. Second Gwyneth Paltrow mentioned in the space of like two seconds. (laughs) Hard not to really, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, anyway. It's lovely to have you on. We talk about Gwyneth every week, so don't worry. Oh, love it. And you guys have done something very exciting recently, which is what's brought you here. So do you want me to reveal the exciting news? For those who don't know. So Lauren and Nicole have written a book. The book, Have You Tried This, comes out on the 15th of February. Ellie and I have read it. We loved it. And they're here to tell us all about it today. People who've read it and then told us you've read it. (laughs) (laughs) we loved it we're obsessed we think it's so great um and I've been listening to your podcast non-stop um and it's made me love it even more because I can see the tie-in with it um and how you've kept the format but anyway we will definitely dive into that but we should start off with our semi facts do you want to start us off Adam I'll I'll start us off yeah so kind of relevant because one of our guests is a former if I'm correct in saying a former doula yes True. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, doulas are these amazing people that help people who are pregnant through their birthing journey. And my Femi thought today is actually about pregnancy, which is interesting because as everyone knows from a previous episode, I am very much a child-free girly. But one of my friends has recently become pregnant and she recently revealed that information to a lot of people in her life. She's past that stage where you can start to tell people. I knew beforehand, humble brag. And because she's about my age, there's been <laughs> loads of questions about if the pregnancy was planned or not. And a lot of very invasive questions. And given as also, she's 26. It's not an unreasonable age to have a child. Uh, it just got me thinking because we talk a lot about, as people, because Ellie and I are both child-free, what sort of questions we get about, like, oh, well, why don't you want kids? Why this? Why that? And I just find it interesting that you you really fucked both ways because it's like if you don't have them then you get asked all kinds of ridiculous questions and if you yeah. do have them you're also asked all kinds of ridiculous questions yeah so that's my thought of the day i'll tell you something when i was pregnant with number three i was 25 when i had number one so i was quite young and when i had number three very much planned very much wanted strange men this happened more than once would stop me in the street and say don't you have a telly at home because i'd be walking <gasps> i was pregnant and that's what i'd get Oh my god! People are far too comfortable asking so questions to strangers, like <laughs> and touching and touching you once you're pregnant. Yeah, the touching when you're the pregnant. Touching. Like you wouldn't go around to any other woman and touch her stomach, but no. suddenly when you're pregnant, your body is like everyone's property. Totally, which and is wrong. ridiculous because it's like not that you should touch people anyway at any time <laughs> without the consent, but like of all the times to decide. Okay, now we're gonna get handsy. Like, no, this person is carrying another life inside of them. That probably warrants more respect and bodily autonomy and more than space. anything. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very weird. Yeah, people how... need to get a fucking grip. <laughs> we're, we're starting off feisty, okay. Ellie, do you want to roll into yours? Yeah, I can do mine. Um, I'm actually quite excited about mine because I found it hilarious. I tried to find one that was sort of self-carry to, you know, tie oh, nice. in to today. Um, so uh, in the late 19th um, and early 20th century, um, doctors often died. I mean, we kind of all know this. Doctors always were di- diagnosing women as um, having hysteria, which isn't a real thing. It was just sort of an amalgamation hormones. of hormones. Um, they would yeah. say that the emotion, like emotion, yeah, basically showing emotion. They would say that it was anxiety, irritability, nervousness. Um, I would probably be irritable if I also had no rights. So <laughs> fair enough. Um, <laughs> um anyway they did actually have a medical um like professional treatment um I say in quotations uh which was called a pelvic massage that um doctors I have heard of this yeah where they would induce something called um hysterical paroxysm which is actually what's known as an orgasm (laughs) but they didn't know that at the time um and after a while doctors were like you know this is this is kind of long this is kind of difficult labor intensive I think was a word that was thrown around <laughs> so they invented <laughs> something <laughs> yeah. they invented something um to make the process quicker and less labor intensive which was in fact a vibrator um which they advertised for pretty much most of the 20th century like first half of the 20th century as a uh, general health aid before you know people started to realize that women do actually have orgasms and that's what it was and this is actually a sex toy <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. unbelievable <laughs> unbelievable I and found now, that so thank funny. goodness they're much more mainstream <laughs> yes and there's uh, a variety <laughs> amen to that yeah amen to that <laughs> yeah so wild though what they um originally so hysteria the word history is the suffix of womb. That's why, like, there's a hysterectomy. Oh, they originally thought they originally, so yeah, so literally, so it's a really misogynistic term when you think about it. They but thought they thought originated from the womb. Yeah, and they thought oh. that the womb would wander around the body. This is like before modern medicine kicked in, but they thought the womb would walk around the body. <laughs> and basically, that's why, well, in their eyes, women were hysterical which usually mm. was like, oh, no, actually, they just have emotions and are expressing them, unlike men who pent them all up. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm on full form today. You are. But it's not just that they pent them all up. It's also that when they express it, they're just, like, saying it how it is. But if you say it yeah. with the vagina, it's nagging. That's what yeah. I would... Yeah. Oh, or, I hate that word. Or, or hysterical. Or you're mad. What are you getting so het up about? Like as if wow. your reaction is incorrect to the thing that is being chucked at you. So let's focus on how I'm reacting rather than the shitty thing you've just done or said. Exactly. Unfortunately, they didn't know that then. But I can imagine uh, as a woman, I'd be like, doctor, I'm hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christ knows you weren't getting that at home in those days. I <laughs> Right. Um, we sort of have bombarded you with the Femi fact, so surprise. <laughs> but I'm uh, glad to know that you've you've thought of one on the spot. So we'd love to hear it. Well, we asked both. Um, mine comes after Lauren's. 
actually. And it was something we talked about on a show that we recorded today. So go on, Lauren, give us this interesting fact. I now want to give you the Femi fact that no woman in the history of the world has ever calmed down after being told to calm down by a man. But that's not <laughs> a fact. It's just an aside. Um, my <laughs> fact is... Women in their 40s lose muscle mass twice as quickly as men. This can equate to losing about half a pound of muscle per year. Mm. Oh, wow. To that. Wow. I did That's, not know that. No, I didn't know that either. That's insane. And to, to put something quite interesting on top of that. So, so the advice for women over 40 in terms of exercise is strength training, resistance training, weightlifting, because it's very good. It's very good for their muscle tone, which is then very good for their long-term health. There's so many benefits involved in that. But what most women think is the way to exercise is to do loads of cardio because they have to stay smaller. And that's the only way that they, they it's all about burning fat and eating as little as possible so they can stay as small as possible. But actually that advice, usually coming from the health and fitness industry is completely wrong. And the, the advice really is to build muscle so that you can build long-term health. I have recently found this out and I, I couldn't believe that it wasn't a well-known and more talked about thing um, because it's so, uh, you know, weightlifting and stuff is so closely associated with like bulking up or, you know, gaining yes. weight that it yes. would, it scared my mum off. Um, and it was it wasn't until she hurt her back um, and she had to go to a um, trainer who sort of specializes in recovery that she learned all of this. But I started going to a, a weightlifting trainer that you can sort of see the bar roughly in the background. <laughs> so your background's very blurred. I'd love to see your bar. <laughs> you can That's sort of see weird. it blurred. <laughs> But I found that out like recently and I, I couldn't believe that, that people don't talk about that more. That's crazy. So yeah, thanks for sharing no that as your fact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's new. There you go. Right. So Wonderful. let's dive in. I can't wait to just chat about your book and your podcast. I have to say I'm a fan now that I've started listening to your podcast. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, especially uh, want to shout out some of the episodes I've listened to. I found your um, dog um, sound bath one hysterical. I thought that was so funny as a dog owner, the chaos of the dogs in the, in the room was so funny. And for those of you who haven't, don't know what we're talking about, you should listen to it. But there was one dog climbing on you, Lauren, I think. One trying to eat the Tibetan bowl stick and one barking. <laughs> yeah, because because the thing is, is that dog sound baths are not a thing. So when Lauren said to me, do you know that's the first dog sound bath that's ever happened in the whole of the UK? I said, I do know that Bye. because it is not actually a thing okay and it doesn't work because the dogs were not relaxed I was not relaxed and I was worried about one of them burning their noses off on the bloody candle it was it was a disaster oh, no. so this leads me to something I wanted to dive into so obviously in the book you pick out you've put practice in there that actually work that you are signing off on I also love that they're all free because cost yeah. lives Lots of lips. Lots of lips. I know that we should put that in the book. Consider it stolen. Um, 
<laughs> I'm curious about what are the worst practices that you've done for the podcast? What are the ones that have either just been, this is completely ridiculous, or you just hated it? I'm so curious uh, to know. Okay, it, me too. It's so, well, we were going through this yesterday. We were discussing uh, it. Dog sand bath was on the list. <laughs> yeah, it was. It um, was. Dog, dog sand bath was definitely the most useless. I have dry to say. brushing. Dry brushing. <laughs> Gwyneth um, allegedly does this every single morning. Third mention of Gwyneth. Um, <laughs> a, she probably has someone else making the beds, dealing with whatever needs dealing with in the mornings, but she dry. Br- so I bought these dry brushes and Nicole and I spent a week dry. I mean, what was the point? No point. Pointless. Pointless. <laughs> so you what are what are you brushing that's my question your whole body from the bottom to the top to you know detox it and stimulate lymph oh for the love of christ yeah the detoxing is crazy I, I listened to that one um i particularly loved the debate you had about how long you should be doing it for Lauren <laughs> <laughs> was doing it for like 10 minutes or something wasn't she mine took about 23 seconds like, what the fuck are you doing you're a slim person. I don't understand. It's not that much body to be brushing. <laughs> you know what Nicole hated, but I loved. Um, actually, okay. it is totally free. Bed rotting, but it did not make it into. Yeah, I loved that episode. Okay, it did not make it into the book, although it is free. I am and a bedrock queen. Make it, it did not make it into the club. See, to me, it is like my idea of hell. I cannot. <laughs> sit still for five seconds and bed rotting the thought of that that's that as an activity is just makes it just makes me anxious ah (laughs) now let me marinate i have (laughs) i agree the longer the better i've never heard somebody struggle so much to like invent a god i was listening to it and i was like oh my gosh you poor thing (laughs) take a breath we were texting each other like She's really going through it. She's really going through it. <laughs> God, you know, you don't realise until you have that mirrored back to you how weird that probably is. But listen, I do struggle. I do struggle to sit still and I do struggle to stay calm. As we say, you know, that's, that's my edge, can I tell you. I appreciated in that episode, actually, that you didn't just, like, poo-poo it and be like, this is terrible. You did sort of say, look, it's not for me and... I appreciate that you use it as an opportunity to maybe do a bit of inward reflection about why is it you can't stay still for long. So I have to say, and that's something that came through in the book as well. I appreciated that there was a lot of, you were very honest about the practices that you did. Mm. You know, you were very, well, frankly, very blunt about why you liked these things. Actually, my boss doesn't listen to this, thank God. Um, I was sat reading it at my desk at work and <laughs> the bit <laughs> the bit about going to the Charlotte Church retreat and oh singing my God. I the wild racking up at your response to that Lauren I thought it was hilarious <laughs> I mean I, when I think back about that that those three days now I sometimes feel I know it's called the dreaming but I sometimes feel like I dreamt it because it was so surreal and i've never been on a retreat before i may never go on one again frankly <laughs> but i and nicole was like this is normal like the listening and reflecting exercises i was i felt like i was in purgatory it, it was so awful and all the food was vegan i thought there'd be like maybe a glass of wine but no 
<laughs> I think that's what's so great about the book though is and your podcast is that when you have totally different experiences you won't like change that to fit the narrative you're like look it works for me it doesn't work for you it might work for you <laughs> and you know just try it and I really like that approach thank yeah, you I, I mean it's taken we we do disagree on everything <laughs> and we come at things from completely and it just works that way from completely different perspectives and experiences but actually and that is not made up it is all very authentic actually it gives the listener and the reader a much more well-rounded view on what they can expect from the practice and hopefully we cover the pitfalls because it's never listen looking after yourself wellness and self-care is never that straightforward and it takes practice and it takes building that muscle and working it into your routine and finding something that works for you and we really do feel as if we have really paved the way. So putting our personal anecdotes in the book is there purely to make it um, to make it relatable and also tangible to the reader because we don't want to be like try this. We're like we we have also tried this. This mm. is work. This is where we struggled with it. These are the pitfalls. This is why we think you should try it. We really, we really have spent four years in the trenches of self care. You know, we're not sitting on a on a Gwyneth throne. Unfortunately, we are. You know, sitting in the trenches with everybody else, just figuring out life and what makes you feel good and what doesn't. Yeah, yeah no. I. I love that. And I, um, you know, it's interesting that you say that because, um, and you mentioned this in your book, and this is sort of something that you talk about as well. When I think when you intro your podcast about how self-care is actually part of the mental load for women. Yeah. Um, and I, and you say you, you, you're paving the way you, you really are, but you're not just doing that. You're actually saving us the mental load <laughs> because we can hear whether things work and then we'll be like, okay, well, we won't try that. <laughs> Which I think, Isn't yeah. that just the truth? It's like, I so before I went into the book and I read the introduction and you talk about in the first few pages about the mental load I did sort of think for like how true that is because it's like oh well I'm not eating this right kind of health food today and then I'm not doing this practice and then I've not like you know all the things that like you know you see on TikTok tells you to do and people in your life tell you to do is like the amount of people have tried to tell me to read Atomic Habits by now you know, and it's all these things <laughs> that they just like, you no, know, that just pop up like, oh, you've got to Marie Kondo this, you've got to do this, that, and the yeah. other. And like, there yeah. might be some, you know, there's some warrant to a lot of the things that get to that level of popularity, but it's just like, I've not got the fucking time. And also, unfortunately, because of all that and that contradicting advice, you then end up feeling shamed for doing yeah. wellness wrong. And there's yes. no way that wellness can be wrong because it's supposed to make you well. It's not supposed to make you feel worse. But the way that the wellness industry is set up is it's very expensive. It's very elitist. And I think it's it's purposefully confusing so that you just don't know where to go and what to do. So we hope that with this book, if someone really does want to start looking after themselves, then this is that first place of, oh, okay, I can learn how to say no to something that I don't want to do, or I can put a boundary in place here, or I can just ask for what I want. The things that don't take up any extra time, which none of us have, and it does not deplete our bank balance. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Is that what sort of inspired you to write it? Because obviously you're doing it on the podcast. What made you want to take the 
the leap to to bring out a book? Firstly, we really, really wanted to write a book. It was a, <laughs> an ambition. So, you know, the just the fun of actually writing the book, which was a great experience both of us and to do it together was very special and also you know we've got over 450 episodes which is a lot of hours to listen through so we made the book as like a one-stop shop so rather than having to trawl through and think well is it worth it isn't it worth it everything's condensed and it's written in separate chapters so there is a chapter for sort of common issues that many people are struggling with like their work-life balance or their relationships or their confidence and so we've put the practices that we have tried and tested and we know work into each chapter so it's like a condensed version of four years of podcasting basically what more and also (laughs) and also to add to that like we really did we really did find out what works and what doesn't we say that in the first couple of pages of the book and actually the things that don't work are the things that really cost a lot of money they just don't they might be nice a massage at a fancy plush hotel might be a really lovely birthday present from your best mate or your partner but it is not going to help you deal with your work-life balance or the fact that you can't get out of the office before 8 30 p.m and you haven't seen your friends or family it's we want self-care to be properly accessible and to Mm. actually have a transformational impact on your life and to make it better yeah absolutely I mean you even even have um a section on breathing which you know you say is like we do that every day it feels almost silly to be instructed on how to but I started doing um I don't remember which one it was where you um put your hand on your your abdomen and your that's right yeah Yeah. and I was like oh no my chest is moving I can't breathe (laughs) so even you know things as simple as that are are so valuable have you actually heard of something called TRE is that something you've ever tried on your podcast RE definitely tried it I might I might have your next episode (laughs) so um it's I think TRE stands for tension, stress and something. I can't remember. Um, It's like trauma relief. But I did it once a couple years ago with my um, boyfriend's family. It's the belief that humans store a lot of stress in their muscles. um, And there are certain muscles in our body that are responsible for our fight or flight or freeze. Um, And you know how animals will shake when they're in that state. Um, well, yeah. that's supposed to physically release uh, the um, anxiety from your body. I mean, they say release the trauma from your body. I'm not quite sure how that works. Um, but it's basically doing a series of exercises that makes you shake to put you in that state to then physically relieve yourself of the anxiety. Um, I tried it. I, I definitely felt like a bit weak and tired afterwards, but then I also did have heat stroke that day. So I'd love to see somebody actually try it for <laughs> real, but it's really interesting. It's interesting. I think that is really interesting. And I am a massive believer that stress very much lives in your physical body. And then yeah. it comes out in, in physical pain, like a headache or insomnia or like my sister, her sinuses get blocked up when she's really stressed. And I think your stress is always talking to you. So if you could mm. physically remove it from your body, I am down with that. It does feel a bit silly, like trying to make yourself shake, like putting your muscles under strain so that you're like physically sh- shaking. But I think it might, yeah. I think there is something to that. How that would be a thing. Mm, yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. I, I will say, yeah, um, talking about the breathing, like, me and Ellie, we did, I mean, I did 
a, at least one practice from each chapter. Did you? Oh, I, I did. It. So, because I thought, look, if we're gonna talk about the book, I can't just read it. I need to. I can't just talk. Talk. I need to put it into action. Book, right? Exactly. So oh. I made a list of what I did. So I did yeah. micro connections, fika, or walking, saying no, self celebration, cold showers, breath work, spending time naked, body neutrality, and sleep hygiene. So I did. A My lot. God, <laughs> you've done more than Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> I did pretty much all of that aside from the spending time naked. I, I that was a struggle for me, um, but. There was so many that were, yeah, I really loved your um, personal anecdote on that, Nicole. I thought it was really um, kind of cathartic to read, actually. It it always is, you know, when somebody has a similar thing as you, you sort of can sit with that and feel a bit better. Um, But yeah, Adam, I'm curious. I want to hear about your... your favourite, Adam? What are they? (laughs) Okay, so I will say me and Ellie had a chat about this micro connections made me laugh a little not because i thought it was ridiculous but because i'm a northerner so it's like basically okay, being in more. the north you just do it all the time okay. so i did sort that's where i was like okay this is i was like got it but the difference yeah. is the difference is with micro connections right so we probably all do it at the same time but for people listening at home that don't know what it is it's just, it's saying hello to the barista or it's having a conversation with your postman or you're on a walk and you say good morning to somebody or say hello to the bus driver and have a quick chat. It's those very, very brief moments of connection with a stranger or someone you know that can brighten your day and brighten theirs. Um, and we do all do that probably quite naturally, but having that awareness that that's what you're doing and that's what you're putting into the world for me, that changed everything. That sort of were because I just I didn't really modify my behavior, but I just modified how I thought about it, and that's yeah. where like I did sort of feel my social tank being refilled more. Oh, that's so lovely! It's really nice. Yeah, so I really I really like that one. I liked the Fika as well. Um, that was Fika's oh, that great. was my favorite. <laughs> Fika's great. Well, I bake stuff to bring into work with me nearly every week, so. I baked some biscotti. I mm. gave it some to my boss and said, look, we're going to sit down, we're going to have a cup of tea and we're just going to not talk about work for 15 minutes, which was lovely. And did, just they get, to... did your boss get on board? Was your yeah, boss on he board did. with it? I brought baked goods in, of course he did. Did you say I did she tell him. with me? I did, actually, I did. And he looked at me a little bit strange and I was like, it's Swedish, just roll with it. Nice. <laughs> okay, great. Because when so, yeah. I asked my husband if he wanted a fika with me, his little face lit up like a child. <laughs> like when, I, when I explained what it was, which is just to sit down with a cup of something nice and hot and have a chat, he was very disappointed. <laughs> no. He needed some sort of trigger warning before that one. <laughs> Bless him. Um, yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed Fika. I thought that was great. Um, I also really enjoyed um or walking. Um, I think we're I so, love that. Yeah, we're so used to um distracting ourselves, listening to a podcast, um, or music or being on the phone. So I often like will phone somebody and chat and walk, but um taking away the distraction is you really feel um like connected to your surroundings, which I think is I did it in the snow. Amazing. Oh, oh, that's amazing. That so nice. So 
like I could hear. So I was just walking to the train station on my way into work. And I was like, I'm just going to put my AirPods in my bag. I'm going to listen to my feet going. Because it was just early in the morning, fresh snow. It was when um it snowed a few, like last week. Just had like, it was still coming down actually. It was still snowing at the time. So it was like all oh, that lovely, you know, like virgin snow. No one stepped in it yet. Lovely. Made me feel so zen going into work on a Tuesday morning. I just felt like, felt, um, felt like a guru just floating into the office. Lovely. <laughs> I'm curious, what are your guys' favourites from the... Yeah, from the tell topic? us. Well, I mean, in all seriousness, going back to micro-connections, this afternoon I was picking up my youngest from school and I had the dog with me and I was in quite a rush to get up the hill and an elderly lady stopped me and said, oh, your dog's so beautiful and we had this whole chat and I was so aware, like, I had two minutes to get up a hill to get to school on time. And she it was very clear she needed to have that conversation. She said, oh, I had a dog and she died. And, you know, I'm retired now and I live on my own and I really miss her and how old's your dog? And blah, blah, blah. And we had this whole chat. And I just thought, I'm just going to have the chat. It must have been all of three minutes. And it came to its natural conclusion. And at the end, she said, I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Oh, that's I so thought, lovely. I, you know, I've spent the whole day gassing with Nicole, recording a podcast. I've got to talk to my children all evening. I've talked to my husband when he comes home. My life is full of all these people to talk to all the time. Mm. I have no idea if that three minute exchange was the only chat she'd had all day. And it's it, it was lovely to chat to her, but it's also lovely to feel like it's nothing for me to take three minutes out of my day. But that might have really brightened Impacted her. her. Mm. And there is such an epidemic of loneliness with young people as well, but especially with elderly people. And I think if you can do that, if you can make a, just a tiny bit of effort to do that, it really can change someone's day or week or mm. month. Whatever. I completely so I, agree. I think it's a great, yeah. great practice. Yeah, definitely. It kind of reminds me of something. So I don't know if you've covered this on the podcast before. But I have my own little self-care practice that I always do. And it's um it's being a hype woman. Oh. So basically, I am a firm believer of so it's similar to micro connections, basically, but I always give myself, if I'm feeling down, I always give myself, you're gonna compliment as many people as you can today. Just always something genuine. I never make up a compliment. I always give a compliment that I think is earned and deserved. But it always makes me feel better. It's, I don't know if there's actually any science in it, but I always just think the second I think something nice, I say it and I think it helps recharge me because I'm just, I feel like I'm putting my voice to good use because I talk a you lot. Are. I'm an absolute bag of gas. But yeah, that's like my own little, I'm going to put that we into did, the floor as a self-care practice. We nice. did do a week of, we did do a week of giving compliments. Oh, and I love it. Was, it was really beautiful. And actually what we learned was it wasn't difficult to give the compliment, but people found it very difficult to receive them. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, yeah, I can mm. imagine. We really need, especially women, um, we really Absolutely. struggle to take compliments. And I don't know what that is. Well, I kind of do. I mean, that's just society, isn't it? Like conditioning us to be smaller and not take up space. So I think it feels very alien sometimes and it's hard to react in a way that's appropriate Um but, totally. Yeah, I can imagine because it really does make you feel good when you compliment somebody and you can yeah. see that you've, you know, yeah. you've you've made them happy. Um, and may I say, Adam is an, a very impressive compliment giver. I'm like, I feel great. I feel great. Today. <laughs> Adam is my self care. 
Oh, that's nice. That's very nice. I would say my favourite practice in the whole book and probably what we've done on the whole four years, over 450 shows, and that I still use pretty much daily, is asking for what you want. Because as women, we are so socially conditioned to not be bold and not be pushy or aggressive or go for the things we want. There's some sort of very negative connotation behind it that a woman should not go after things she wants. It's somehow deemed as selfish. And actually spinning that on its head and learning what the statistics are around women asking for what they want. And the thing is, you are only going to get what you want if you ask for it. Because if you don't ask for it, you are never going to get it no one is going to knock on your door and go oh by the way I thought it was time that I give you that promotion at work now it's just not going to happen so we really have to be in charge of our own lives and really go for the things that we want um and when I first started in my in my coaching the one thing that women would always come in with the first thing they would say is I don't know what I want I don't know what I want and it wasn't that they didn't know it was that they weren't allowing themselves to step into it or even have the thought process of what they want mm. I struggle with that still quite yeah. a lot yeah I think not necessarily yeah mm. it's not necessarily asking for what I want moreover it's telling myself that I don't deserve what I want and then having mm, to like yeah. build myself like that's the thing it's like once I've decided I deserve it then I'll ask for it it's the yeah telling yourself that no you actually deserve what the thing is that you want and go for it which is weird because another one of your practices is saying no and I love saying no I find that so <laughs> easy I find it so easy to say no but I find it so hard to say can I have this I want that please help me with this I relate to that interesting interesting I'm yeah. kind of the other way around which is so funny like I will say yes to everything and it's a real problem but I really even reading your book as well I was like, I really am actually going to do these like practices because it's really hard as a woman to think that you're letting somebody down or you're not being accommodating and you know helpful um which is just so crazy isn't it that we have this enormous pressure on us to behave in such a different way to how men behave <laughs> yeah there's a lot of good girl messaging and that is that mm. starts you know you're three be a good girl and so you mm. are a good girl because that's what you've been told and you've not been told to be assertive because assertive is aggressive and you've not been told to yeah. ask because then you're pushy exactly. and then you're yeah. and then you're all sorts of things because we're supposed to be soft and accommodating and that's our role yeah we did a um episode well we didn't do an episode on this but we did um mention how you know only women have designated insults which is absolutely insane like we have bitch we have I I can't help me think like slut or you know there men don't have these like designated insults that are just for men yeah there aren't gendered insults insults towards men no just for women you would call a man a pussy but you wouldn't really call a woman mm. a pussy, although it's ironic because that's true. Know, they the, to yeah, push out massive babies. So if anything, they're the most resilient things of all. That's the thing. It's like when mm. there is that terminology that's used to hurt men specifically, it's because they're being compared to a part of a woman. Yeah, they're being yes! feminized. Mm. Yes. <laughs> wow, I've just, never just like, thought of that before. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. Fine. It's like before I came out and started to express my gender identity. So just in case you guys didn't know, I identify as non-binary. Um, 
not a man, don't understand what that is, don't know who a man is, never mind. <laughs> don't identify. Yeah, just don't identify, <laughs> don't see it, don't relate. Um, but before that, I remember when I was younger, like the whole, the dialogue around me, because I was so feminine, I've always been like a girl's girl, girly girl. Um, but the night, it was always toughen up, don't be a pussy, you know, man up, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I think that it kind of did the opposite of making me sort of lean more into my femininity because I was like, I don't understand what all of that stuff is. So I'm just not mm. going to engage with it. But then the flip side of it is, is that I kind of adopted a lot of the misogynistic messaging that women are basically forced down the throats of like, be complicit, be compliant, be this, be that, yeah. all the things that Lauren was yeah. basically saying before. Don't be bossy, don't be assertive, don't be a bitch. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and it's just so bloody tiring. It is exhausting. There's a study that we mention in the book where um, they asked men and women to play a game, the same oh, game, yeah, I remember this. gender-based game, and they said to all the participants, "When you finish the game, we'll pay you between three and ten dollars for playing the game, regardless of outcome." And when the game was finished, they said to everybody, men and women, "Here's three dollars. Is three dollars enough?" Pretty much all the women said, yes, thank you, that's fine. And pretty much all the men said, no, you said between three and nine, so I want more. And yeah, that's crazy. But that's conditioning. And, that and is... part of the reason that women find it so difficult to ask for what they want is because society has made it very, very difficult for them to do so. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I was reading that. Cultures as well. Yeah, I was reading that, yeah. and, I, and it's so weird because it, it's both surprising and completely unsurprising, isn't it? It's like yes, because I see myself yes. in that situation, and I go, I'd probably also be like, yes, that's fine, don't worry, <laughs> walk away. When we were writing it, we were like, would you accept the three? And we both went, yeah. And then we both said to each other, would our husbands accept the three? And we both realized, not in a million years. Not in a million years. No. But do, do you think that I sometimes think this, but maybe that's just me, that we to unlearn this and to sort of um um unpick this, you can't you kind of have to take on more than I think a lot of women want to, you know? Like that's yeah. a lot of mental work to unlearn that, to build up your I mean, it's all of the practices you talk about which yeah. is, you know, a lot for your uh, mental load. And yeah. I, I do notice that a lot of women are just like, I'm happy being compliant because I, I just don't want to take all of this on. Um, but then my question is, is it happiness or is it just... Cause I was talking to my friend Cherish um, about this. Resignation. Yeah, well, it's like you mm. kind of... So she was telling me that basically she was talking to a therapist. Um, She's a paramedic in the States, very intense sort of working life. And he was saying that a lot of people will just accept a base level of depression and they think that that's normal. Mm. And is it the same kind of thing where you just kind of accept a baseline of just going with the flow because to go yeah. above that is too much and you just, you find where your comfort level is and you just deal with what's beneath, belief, deal yeah. with what is beneath that. Yes, but I also think, and I'm, you know, in the process of learning this now as I'm coming into my mid forties that your boundaries come up and your tolerance comes down and when you do start pushing back on that people don't like it because they're very used to this compliant person who they've known for a long time yeah so it's the, a case of standing in the truth of well 
this is how I am now and it's not my problem that you mm. don't like yeah that's so true it yeah, is so the, hard the boundary work is so important we have like, a saying I am not responsible for how you respond to my truth and I can say it to myself over and over again I'm not responsible for how someone else responds to my boundary that is theirs and we get them very, very mixed up and modeled up. But actually, the only thing I'm responsible for is what my boundary is. And implementing that and making sure that I stay within that boundary so that I am comfortable. How someone else reacts to it, it's totally their stuff. That's so true. I, I saw, yeah. um, you know, um, Florence Given. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I saw she uh, posted on social media that people keep um, like messaging her stuff like, oh, your hair gives me the ick or this gives me the ick or uh, mm -hmm. lots of ick words being thrown about, lots of that. And she was saying, okay, but I'm not giving you the ick. Something in you is getting the ick. So, you know, what is that? Because that sounds like a you problem. And I'm like, that is so true. It is so yes. simple, but you don't really that think of it that way. That's really yeah. the answer. It, isn't it all of it <laughs> sounds yeah. like yeah sounds like a you problem totally but really I mean most of our book is really about boundaries and it's about setting those boundaries in yourself and that's kind of what the whole thing boils down to mm -hmm. is figuring out what works for you and what doesn't and then putting the steps in place to make sure that you can live by those in a comfortable peaceful way you don't want to go around like upsetting everybody that you love of course you don't want to do that and there are ways of doing these things and implementing these things with love and grace but it is going to be a little bit difficult and other people are going to have to adjust to this new version of you for sure yeah I think it's really easy as well to go completely the other way um, I think it's also really common but I also think that it's important to tell people that that's okay you kind of need to do that to figure out that you've got to bounce yeah. back and then yeah. you know you, you'll probably more than likely realize on your own that you've gone a bit too far with it like you've actually said no to very reasonable things um uh, well that's then... why I get I we give challenges at the end of each um chapter so mm -hmm. after each practice there's a challenge and one of the challenges after saying no it's my it's my challenge and I and I ask the listener uh, the reader to say no to everything even mm. if it's just for a day or a week or however long you want to do it. Can you pass salt? No. Can you look after my dog? No. Can you bring my top down from upstairs? No. It's trying this no on for size and it's building that no muscle because we don't have the muscle. Mm. So we have to build it from somewhere. So we have to do like the crash course in it just to get comfortable with it. Yeah, that's so true. You you do just have to get used to saying the word. I did it. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to start right now. And it, it lasted about five minutes before it just started to feel so alien but um, also like realize sorry ellie but no, also right. realizing that no is a complete sentence i find people find that so yes, difficult and i do it all the time i'll say oh i'm sorry i can't do this and i'll be saying no but then i'll give a paragraph explaining why i'm saying no when, yeah we have to justify everything yeah mm -hmm. and then sometimes you'll i'll find myself doing bloody yoga shapes to like bend myself around this <laughs> word no to try and make it fit and not feel like a big issue when in reality like a no invite... to make it not yeah. feel like a no yeah exactly it's like you've just invited me to I don't know go climbing up Ben Nevis and I don't want to do that because <laughs> I want to stay warm today but then I'm like oh no but like sorry like I'll do this another time or like let's 
it's like no I just don't want to do it that's the other thing and that's what you also mentioned in your book is the sorry and the adding the sorry before you even say what you're going to say sorry but um you know that how that is deeply ingrained it within us I think British people but women <laughs> specifically the other day we were recording the audiobook and every time we were reading the chapter on stop saying sorry. So there's a so there's a chapter in the book where the over apologizing and how that can really start to dent your confidence after a while if you're not aware of it. And we give steps in how to do it and a few little tips and tricks in how to sort of build confidence around stop saying sorry. And what we realized we were doing with the engineer, he was in another room. Every time I sort of messed up a word or Laurie messed up a word, which you're going to do because we were sitting there reading for eight hours. Of course, we're going to make mistakes. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Every every two minutes. Sorry. And then if he wanted to interrupt us to say, oh, no, that didn't sound right. Go back. He was doing it too. So then we're reading this sorry chapter and we were like, right, no one here is now allowed to say sorry because we are all just sitting here doing our job. Um, and we didn't did we for the rest of the day yeah yeah, we just stopped we made a mistake we just stopped he stopped yeah and then we started again because it was just irony of it It that's so funny I know during the the sorry chapter during the sorry chapter chapter, it was hilarious oh my god yeah it is really hard to stop saying sorry I actually find that harder than saying no like yeah it's ingrained and it's habitual Sorry is a buffer for gnome as well, and they often will come hand in hand, won't they? So it's it, it's like ridiculous. That's, that's a very that's a very good point. Sorry, it but. is a it is it is a bit of a buffer for a gnome. We were also writing when we were writing the calm chapter. There's a whole chapter on calm. <laughs> we were having a really stressful period, weren't we? We were so I can't remember what was going on. There was a lot going on with work, and we were trying to write this chapter. And in the end, we were like, I don't think we should be writing the calm chapter. Uh, right now let's just come back to it <laughs> because we weren't remotely calm there was such irony in the whole thing or maybe we should sit and do some breath work so that we feel calm yeah yeah that was a great chapter that one I feel like I excel at that one I know how to create a cozy environment to do hobbies that relax me that one is a is a winner for me so I'm, I'm glad that I'm I got sure to that stage that and I was like yeah Okay, I, I'm not terrible then. Um, I'm really, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm really curious to know what um, what's the weirdest thing that you've tried? Yeah, I want to know this. Yeah, I'm dying to know. Oh, actually. we've we've tried some weird things. Tried weird we? shit. Well, I'd say like yeah. one of the weirdest products was definitely the toxic vampire spray that we bought from Goop. <laughs> so it has um crystals and like whatever the liquid is that is infused with reiki and you spray it around you to ward off toxic energy vampires and i would say that was like 45 pounds of water down oh the my toilet God. <laughs> i actually put it in my downstairs toilet for my sons to use to utilize because if there's anything toxic it's teenage boys in a toilet <laughs> yes well well placed <laughs> That was weird. I, I I think I've got top, three top things that were the oh, weirdest yeah. things. Okay. All lay it on us. One was cuddle therapy. Oh my so, god. So a cuddle a cuddle therapist came. Uh, we did it with another uh, podcasting duo. So I don't know 
that how we got them to agree to it, these two guys. And she came and she basically hugs you for as long as you need her to. But because we, there was four of us, so they, she usually does it as a one-on-one. -on -one. And she will hug you and cuddle you, whether you're standing up or you're lying down, for about an hour and a half. And stroke your yep. hair. We did it with Dane Baptiste, the comedian. We got him to go to couple therapy with us. <laughs> oh, my no, no, God. No. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, wow. That was fucking weird. So that was I'm not really, into that. really <laughs> out there. Um, and then she would ask for consent. Is this okay? And she would sort of gently stroke your back. And it wasn't for me. Um, but there is a lot to be said of how healing a cuddle, once we done the, did the research on how healing a cuddle actually is, it was quite amazing. Um, is that not kind of lost, though, when it's a stranger? That's what, no. that's, yeah, that's what no. I'm... Because it's the, it's the physical sensation of being held. Oh. As she explained it, that she has some people who live alone who have not been touched at all anywhere for 10 years. Mm. Or, you know, people who've been through sexual abuse or sexual trauma, and so they're trying to find a way back into touch that is non-invasive and very safe. And I have to say, she was an amazing she was an she was amazing what she said she job. gets she gets quite a lot of um high-powered ceos coming in just to kind of de-stress them mm. because they're she quite a healing a job then that's actually quite yeah but it's weird yeah. come on it's weird <laughs> and then lauren loves this story we went off to west london and we went in a sauna and got whipped by two very big hairy russian men with birch leaves <laughs> Oh yeah, we did. That's awesome. Oh, I've heard about this. Mind what was that like? like? It, uh, fucking weird. It was. <laughs> oh, and then you come out of the sauna once they've done all the whipping with the birch leaves. You come out of the sauna. They get a bucket. I'm choking of ice water, and they throw it <gasps> on top of your head, and then they literally direct you into an ice cold plunge pool. You As know I what? Described it on the day. It was a cross between Guantanamo Bay and Fifty Shades of Grey. That was <laughs> I was. I was just gonna say. So, I formerly worked as a sex worker, and it sounds a bit like some of the shit I did to my clients. <laughs> yeah, it was when we were lying in the sauna, and they covered your whole head with branches and twigs. And I was like, and ice. Here. And ice. And Nicole was, they chucked ice on you and then they cover your head with branches and twigs and then they whip you with the branches. And Nicole was lying there like this. And I looked at her and, and I said, Look at me. I said, That's what you look like. And then, well, we, we just, we just, and then they, and then these Russian men came in and they were not joining in on the joke. And then they were just whipping us with us. And the harder they were whipping us, the harder we were laughing. We were laughing. The harder <laughs> we were laughing, the harder they were whipping us. <laughs> It was absolutely hilarious. And then I went back a week later with my husband. I'm like, you've got to come to this place. It is, I don't even know if I like it, but I just have to go again. It was mad. <laughs> I was so Did you go again? I would I never go, go again. again. She went again. Oh, that sounds stressful. <laughs> What's the third one? It, it was less stressful the second time. And also I knew what I was in for. And we had vodka shots before we went in. And that oh, really okay. helped. Nice. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> yeah. about right. Very Russian as well. Very, very Russian. <laughs> What's the very third Russian. weird thing we've done? The third weirdest thing? Um, oh, a Thai massage. Oh, that wasn't so weird. Oh, yeah, for you it was weird. <laughs> she was standing on my back and, I, and basically Lauren set me up. Because she yeah. said, oh, I've just had a Thai massage. I treated myself. You've got to go. 
And I took that as a green light of, oh my God, you're, you're gonna love it. And I went and I realized the minute this woman put her hands on me that she had totally stitched me up because Absolutely. it was not relaxed. She pulled on top of you. She was stood on me. I, it was the most awful experience of my entire life. And then she stops oh, no. and she says, you've got to listen to this episode. She stops and she says, yeah, I'm not dressed. I've got nothing on. And she says, you're very sexy. <gasps> and then meanwhile, there's a notice above the bed that says any form of sexual conduct, you will be evacuated for the premises. It's like, hello. <laughs> Oh my god, that's that's about then Lauren, when I <laughs> yeah. when I'm telling and I'm so annoyed I didn't just get up and leave because I didn't, because obviously I was being polite. I don't even know why. So you and are sexy, so though, to be fair. And then Lauren <laughs> says, as I tell her what had happened, as we're we're recording the podcast, I tell her, and she goes, Well, she did not say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> And, and that's where the problem lies, of course. To be fair, I would also be salty. <laughs> uh, hello, you're missing the point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've done some weird stuff, if that answers your question. Weird, yeah. it, it does. It thoroughly entertained by those answers. I'm not going to lie. When you were talking about the cuddle therapy, I did set myself a reminder on my phone to look into it later. Good <laughs> luck. <laughs> I'm genuinely intrigued that I live alone, so. Okay. You know what? It's actually not that easy to come by. We really struggled oh. to find a cuddle therapist, didn't we? Oh, we had this brilliant moment where I found one because she was on this morning. And I thought, well, if she's been on this morning, she's got to be like the UK's top cuddle therapist. So we rang her up. She actually turned out she was a doula, wasn't she? Which is how I got her yeah. number. Yeah. She was, wasn't she going to swaddle us? Yeah, like swaddle us like a baby. And she was like, listen, I have to be really straight with you. I was booked on this morning to do something completely different. And then when I got there, minutes before they started filming, they were like, actually, can you just do swaddling? She said, I've never done it before in my life. I had to like fully Willoughby in a sheet. So I'm no. mad. So she was oh like, I'm God. sorry, I can't be known as this um, swaddler. Woman. <laughs> That's actually not really <laughs> So. Oh my that's actually really like that's cheeky of them that's, to yeah, do that. That's a bit, that's, bit sus. Yeah. That is a yeah, bit sus, yeah. isn't it? Oh my god, yeah. Swaddling. I mean, I listened to your weighted blanket episode. I actually searched for it because I have one. I was like, I need to do what you think, <laughs> and I I'm like obsessed with it. And it does kind of. What did we a... think? I can't. I can't remember what we thought. What did we think? You you liked it. <laughs> I got <laughs> I my now. On yeah. blanket. He sleeps on it. Oh, really? Yeah, Lauren, I remember you saying um, that it wasn't as heavy as you thought it was going to be, but you're used to your dog. Yeah. <laughs> He's like 26. Yeah. I can't like get along with him, you know. Why? Really? I, I think it's because I just don't like feeling restrained. Like, I want oh, to feel yeah. like very yeah. like, loose and flowy. Basically, my dream like aesthetic is to look like a Dementor from... Harry Potter because they just wear a sheet of black fabric. Oh, I, I want to just yeah. I just I, want to live in like something see, loose and flowy and I give you a new reference for that rather than Dementor because it doesn't give a good aesthetic. Go <laughs> traitors. Oh I am so obsessed. No, it's we can't. I I've not started it yet. So No, I haven't finished. either. And I really feel like up. I'm 
finishing on Friday, you'll be, be all over the press and you'll have, like, no. Do you know I, what? I know me and Lauren, uh, I think me and Lauren are soul sisters. I think we're the <laughs> You know, I got asked today by a podcast producer if I would be Claudia in a rip-off version of The Traitors with a football podcast. I was like, I'm, I'm already in. I don't even know what it is. I'm not even, and I'm not joking. I went to the loo. I came back from the loo and all of a sudden you're doing, you're going off to wherever he was slapping you off to to host some podcast. So I was like, I went to the like, okay, did a week. I said, I'm in. Already I'm in. <laughs> Wearing a cloak, yes. Yes. You know what though? I love like how deadpan serious she is in the show. It's like it's, it's kind of so good. Yeah, it is kind of campy actually. <laughs> That's the moment. Like well, she's acting like they're really murdered. Yeah. <laughs> so can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. What what did you try in the book that you think will stay in your self-care tool bag? That's a Ooh. really, really good question. The I will say it was a lot of stuff for me that felt the most close to what I was I don't want to say was already doing but it was things like being more mindful about when I was going to say no the all walking you know like I walk all the time but actually really I think the common thread between like the micro connections the all walking the saying no even like the, the breath work it was more a it wasn't so much about the practice as helpful as it was. It was more about actually putting myself in my own headspace and really thinking about what I'm doing. And I think that's kind Love of that. what the common thread was for me. It was almost like seeing all these sort of practices as like a form of meditation. I mean, I'm Hindu, so I do meditate from time to time as part of like my religious practice. So that's what I'm going to take away from it more than anything. But um, also the fika, that's just happening every week now. I'm yeah. just making sure. Like... <laughs> I love that. I love it. I love it. And also what I what I love that you're kind of hitting on, which is the real, really the thing that we wanted, is that it doesn't take up any time or any money. And it's never, you, you're never going to have to give up anything in mm. order to be well with these practices. Yeah. That's what it That's felt like. That's why we like love it, it, I think. Yeah. It mm. felt like I was... It did feel like, especially, I'd say, the awe walk, really, that struck a, a chord with me. Um, I think because of when I did it, I did it on my commute. Um, so I'm already kind of... not. In, I mean, I don't, like, hate going to work. Um, I have in the past. But I think because I was on that headspace of, like, oh, okay, so I have to go here, I have to do this, it reframed my entire day. So I think that is something that I'm really going to take away with, with me. Um, and mm. it felt like even though these things are free and they're so like, you know, you can just start to do them. It felt like I'd almost felt like I'd bought something that was now changing how my life was working because of just how profound I found some of the practices. I, f I have to say, free. The, um, yeah, the, um, yeah. the spending time naked, I did the whole, cause I mean, like I live alone, like I said, so I could just be naked all the time if I wanted to. Um, I did the have your breakfast, like go downstairs, make a cup of tea naked. I enjoyed that. Probably not wise to do it in January in a cold house, but <laughs> I did actually quite like it and it made me feel more in tune with my body. So that will stay with me as well. Nice. Nice. I, Lovely. Thank you. Similarly, I um, body neutrality is something that I was already sort of practicing, to be fair. We spoke to Laura Adlington, um, yes. not 
yeah, yeah not not long ago and she talks a lot about body neutrality and a lot about um, intuitive movement and and stuff like that um and that was very revolutionary for me um and I think you've really reinforced that in your book and it's definitely something that will stick with me because it's not just um it's not like temporary wellness that's a long-lasting totally life-changing thing and as soon as you feel better in yourself then you can I think take on some of the other things in the book like the confidence and then saying no and the because you just feel a bit more comfortable within yourself so definitely that and the fika <laughs> yeah that's why that we have the wellness wheel in the book because then at the mm. very beginning you can see very clearly with this visual tool about where you are strong and where you are less strong in your life and then you can kind of go to that chapter first sort yourself out and then move on to the other chapters so i thought that was brilliant it was actually. great yeah yeah definitely yeah i wanted to talk about that how did you um decide which what the chapters were going to be what these areas were um i'm curious to know like how you decided to make the divisions that you did we um we just wanted common areas of struggle common areas of like lauren and i spend a lot of time with a lot of women so it was kind of thinking about the things that we talk about with our friends or our community and what are the common things that come up and so we split them into the chapters which are confidence self-love uh boundaries calm relationship life balance relationships health and body more. image physical health and body image mm. and we thought, thought there was also there were a couple of other chapters in it that um but we went over our word counts they had to be removed which was okay. a shame <laughs> because um so but these are the ones that really I think strike a chord with most women and in terms of what they want to work on um so that's kind of how we chose them and then we wanted the wellness wheel to reflect so it was give, gave a visual sorry my dog's scratching give a visual represent, representation of where you are at in your self-care journey now so you can see on that wheel exactly where you need to go to so if you're scoring a three on the calm in terms of how calm you are and we ask you a list of questions so we make it quite easy for you to figure it out um you can go straight into the calm chapter so you can get that a bit more under control and then you can move on to say your work-life balance or your relationships or wherever you want to go to next Mm, like a little pocket guidebook that you can sort of pull out when you need it. Yeah. <laughs> Just really quickly, you did mention that something's got cut. I was curious to know, what are some practices that you wanted to include in the book but didn't for whatever reason? Well, <gasps> I they, they got slightly condensed. So, I mean, I have to say, I, I am a real, like, Marie Kondo decluttering queen. I do have dividers for my knickers and bras and I don't have a junk drawer in my kitchen and people hate me for that. No, but me too. I'm with you. <laughs> I feel like order is life. So there is, we sort of, that got condensed um, into more of like a sort of box, but I would, I mean, I could write a whole book on it, to be honest. I um, believe in Marie Kondoing people. People? Yeah. If someone's in your life, they don't spark joy, then off you go. <laughs> yes! obviously there's people that you know you work with or whatever you can't just tell them to go and do one but honestly if i have to say we only have 24 hours in a day i don't want to spend i want to spend as little time as possible with people that make me not happy Absolutely. oh i am so here for that yeah yes 
Yeah, our latest yeah. episode is all about that. It's called "Don't Invite Me, I Don't Want to Go." Yeah. Yep, I listened <laughs> to that, and I actually had plans that I refused be- on the basis of that episode. <laughs> but high five through that. the screen. You did me a solid. Also, on the back of that, on in our relationships chapter, we have a checklist to figure out whether you're in a healthy relationship or an unhealthy relationship. Mm. And you can take it through any of your relationships, whether it's a work colleague, whether it's one of your best friends, whether it's a partner, um, but it just gives you a really clear idea of whether that relationship is a good thing in your life or not. So we are all for that, Adam. And it's very effective, may I say, having been around people where that checklist would have been very helpful. They they really did like, I, you know putting myself back in my parcel the boxes were getting ticked like it's 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 quite accurate to I think figure out you know who you're spending your time with and whether you should so yeah. that's that's really yeah. great thank you right thank we you. have we hope we've actually taken up way too much of your time <laughs> thank you so much guys um it's yes, been thank you so much such a pleasure <laughs> no it really thank you for been. having us it's been really good fun it it's really been a has. pleasure good speaker wasn't it <laughs> it was. Um, so your book's coming out on february the 15th do you want to tell everybody where they can find you and where they are going to be able to find the book uh yes you can find the book on amazon and search for have you tried this and it's by laura mishkun and nicole goodman uh you can search for self-care club and we are on instagram or on tiktok we're absolutely anywhere but definitely search for it in your wherever you listen to your podcast spotify or on apple and you'll find us we're basically everywhere you can't miss us um yeah no do it guys this is uh now the new feminist approved um and if you want to find more from us you can find us on our website thenewfeminist.co.uk or the new feminist uh, magazine on instagram or tnf magazine on all other socials and that's it thank you so much guys bye guys thank you